think about City of the Garden, how should we think about it? So the idea is to take all of this unique plant life and distribute it and grow it up throughout South Florida so that Miami's iconic emblem is a city in a garden. We want to marry the urban with the natural. Part of what a city in a garden does is level the playing field. A greener city is a better city, culturally richer city. There isn't a, a downside to planting up and to greening up a city, none, not one. It's beautiful, it's practical, it's species rich, it's scientific, it involves the entire community. So it's an easy, easy win for South Florida. Nanette Zapata, welcome. Thank you very much, Matt. So you lead Fairchild Tropical Botanic Garden, 83 acres here in Miami, globally acclaimed. Mm -hmm. In fact, among the many accolades the last three years running uh, have been named by USA Today as the finest botanic garden in North America. But now you're trying to do something else. Mm -hmm. You're trying to take the garden to the entire city. In fact, you're calling it City in a Garden. Tell us what this is and what you're trying to do. Fairchild has an 85-year history in Miami, and um, the garden is named after David Fairchild, mm. one of the preeminent botanists, horticulturists in, in history. And he worked for the United States Department of Agriculture. And his goal was to make the United States food secure. World War II was teeing up. Wow, yeah. And he, he was, was charged with finding crops that would grow throughout the country. And mostly, it's the goal of taking everything that we know and transforming things. Transforming this country into a self-sufficient agricultural country, right? And so that same thread has been pulsing Fairchild Garden and Miami mm -hmm. for 85 years. We've distributed millions of plants um, historically. We've helped diversify species throughout South Florida. And we've done a really, really great job, but we're at a tipping, Fairchild is at a tipping point where we've educated more than 2 million students. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. over the last 20 years. And now we're finding that it's these kids, these students who are saying to us, we wanna grow up in a different Miami. Yeah. We wanna grow up in a tropical oasis. We wanna grow up with everything green, everything lush, everything in an working city. in an emerald city, yeah. right? And so being that we are the only tropical location in all of South, in all of the country, the continental United States, our aim is to transform Miami into a garden city, city in a garden. So in taking it citywide, when we think about city of the garden, how should we think about it? You can imagine walking, living in, in dense canopies in the sound of palm trees moving. You can, you can imagine living with songbirds. You can imagine seeing diversity of species, both in Florida, flora and fauna everywhere. And what makes it really special is that Miami's a very urban environment. It's growing up everywhere. There's yeah. a lot of development. And one of the things that I think is most inspiring about sitting in a garden is that we wanna marry the urban with the natural. There's a, an actual study of science called urban conservation, mm -hmm. right? And that's where our focus is. So is it fair to think of this as not only 
a much greater tree canopy, but roof gardens mm -hmm. of sort of buildings being clad with greenery and nature of different kinds, building being, buildings being ringed with different forms of nature and flora and fauna. And so is that a, yeah. an accurate way to think about it? Yeah, absolutely. Imagine a wall, you, you know, you don't have to imagine a wall, but the, the wall is now alive. It has plants on it, it has vines on it, and it may have a rare vine, right? Maybe there's only a handful of those growing in the world and they're on a building. So the idea is to take all of this unique plant life and distribute it and grow it up throughout South Florida so that Miami's iconic emblem is a city in a garden. So when you think of Miami, you immediately think, ah. The city in the garden. City in a garden. I'm yeah. going to go see those beautiful gardens. Now, it's important to think about sort of the, the, the different problems this, solve, mm -hmm. this solves. Mm -hmm. um, that obviously it's beautiful. It makes, you know, the aesthetics of a place, of a city, are enhanced dramatically. But it's also really important as we think about cities becoming hotter. And mm -hmm. after the summer we just went through in Miami, mm -hmm. I think we're not only concerned about sea level rise, but extreme heat too. Um, this solves other issues. For example, helps with cooling, creates healthier environments to live in, does it not? Yeah. Um, we have, uh, so physically at the garden at Fairchild, we have a three acre rainforest. Mm. And if you're ever there or anybody who visits, they can stop right in front of our main vista, the Bailey Palm Glade, and look at you know how beautifully designed this um, landscape is. And then you just walk another 15 steps and you're suddenly within a two acre tropical rainforest, only one in the country, in the continental US, right? And the temperature difference is usually 15 degrees, easily. Wow. Easily. Wow. So it absolutely will help with the cooling effect. It will also, it will help on so many levels, a greener city is a better city. Mm -hmm. It's a better socially driven city, culturally richer city. It's a safer city. Everything about being within nature or growing within nature is an improvement over not. So there isn't, there isn't a, a downside to planting up and to greening up a city, none, not one. It's all upside. Now, this is a pioneering effort and would really distinguish Miami. Um, but it is not the only effort. And in fact, it's Singapore that has launched a whole effort around sort of reintegrating nature throughout the whole urban environment, um, in part to help cool the city, to beautify, all of that. Has Singapore been a bit of an inspiration? Has it provided lessons? Has it provided some cautionary tales as you launch into this? Definitely, they're the inspiration by, by which we're follow, following their model, right? Mm -hmm. Singapore wanted to transform itself. And they knew that in order to do that, they needed to do a whole, like, holistic conversion. And the driver for that, their why was to improve the human spirit. Because green improves the human spirit. Plants improve the human spirit, right? And the result of that is Singapore is considered one of the best places in the world to live. It's one of the greenest. It has a 40, 35, 40% canopy cover. Miami-Dade County has a 30% goal. Mm -hmm. Certain areas of Dade County are at 2%, 3%. Yes. 
Other areas are 75, 80%. So there's a huge disparity. And part of what a city in a garden does is level the playing field, like literally level the playing and field. You, those stats you gave about tree canopy, there is often a direct correlation to, to metrics like household income relative to lack of tree canopy versus plentiful large mm -hmm. tree canopy. That's exactly right. And there, there are lots the of, yeah, really lots great. of economical, economic um, improvements for sure. Wow. Wow. So um, how ultimately does sort of the, for lack of a better expression, the rubber meet the road here? Are you in terms of bringing, you know, the garden to the entire city, bringing nature to the city? Um, are you working with cities themselves? Are you working with private developers? Are you working with property owners? How are you thinking? Um, what's the approach and actually delivering on this? All of the above. Uh -huh. uh, we're currently working with lots of private developers. Um, we have relationships going with cities who've already adopted City in a Garden. And it's a, you know, there are 15 guidelines and they each have a description and they each explain um, how you can improve an area just by measuring that guideline. And so there's a heritage preservation um, guideline. There's a cultural mm. guideline that says this, if you, you know, in order to participate in City in the Garden, in order to maximize City in the Garden, you know, if you're, if you're a city that has, let's just say Jamaican mangoes and you identify with Jamaican mangoes, you, you, that's a heritage point essentially. You know, so what we're trying to do is make greening South Florida really accessible and really straightforward, but also improve the quality of, of the diversity, both in plants and in animals, so that we have a more stable ecosystem and a more resilient ecosystem. One of the guidelines talks about um, sustainability and planting things that can withstand storms so that post storms, there is less cleanup. Sure. And there's more, more hardiness and more uh, readiness. So the rubber hits the road for now in a willingness by developers and by cities and by various municipalities and homeowners and you know homeowners associations to participate. I think the world is clearly at a tipping point where these sorts of things are going to be a rescue in many ways. Like this is an easy solution to a big problem. It's beautiful, it's practical, it's species rich, it's scientific. It involves the entire community. We have students, we have volunteers, we have homeowners, we have members, we have hundreds of thousands of people who are already doing this. So it's an easy, easy win for South Florida. It's in, in a willingness to participate and ultimately I hope um, perhaps even a prescription in the future. One of the remarkable things about Fairchild is that we have the largest STEM network um, in the world. We have the largest science initiative for students anywhere. One of those initiatives is um, the Millie Project. Miami was decimated in terms of orchid species. And so about 10 years ago, we took on the Millie Project. And we have about 600,000, like I think something like 587,000 orchids installed. The majority of those plants were installed by students. They're grown by students. So not only is it for developers and for open spaces, but schools are participating. So there, imagine a quilt throughout all of South Florida where nothing is being left out in terms of transforming and making it so species rich, so botanically rich.
so as this moves forward, there could also be cases where Fairchild, you raise money and yourself mm -hmm. do examples of City of the Garden. Oh yeah, um, Fairchild. I mean, we're the we're the we're the thought leader on this, right? We're yeah. the botanical. Hundred percent. Well, that's the thing. That's one of the important things to to mention. Fairchild is South Florida's botanical leader. We're the we're pushing all of this transformation. It's coming well, from the North garden. Well, you're North America's that's botanic right. garden leader. You're just, but you happen to be here in South right. Florida. Yeah. Eventually the world. That's right. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's already there. That's right. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time to go out and develop these programs and these initiatives. And we're a small team. We're, we're a lean organization. And so the, the challenge is always going to be on the funding. Yeah. I guess the good news is there is a lot of money here in South Florida, um, but we just need to direct it. And that's, why I guess, why the vision is so important, coming up with some really compelling examples, tying it to economic growth of showing that buildings that do this actually are more economically successful, things of that nature. Yeah, I think that would be the only thing. I genuinely believe there's a willingness to do this. You know, and I think the other challenge is getting the word out, right? This is a big, big project. This is a big idea. And a lot of, most of us live in our own little worlds. So when you hear City in the Garden, what is that? Yeah. You know, what does that mean? And so education is huge. We have this underbelly of huge supporters and wonderful advocates for everything that Fairchild is doing, but it's a huge city. And we're talking not just Dade County, we're talking Palm Beach South, yeah. you know? So we have our work cut out for us to get the word out. So thank you for giving us this great opportunity. So let's talk about where this is all going. Mm -hmm. You know, and you were talking about, you know, being in it for the long haul. And of course, Opportunity Miami, the whole idea is this is a platform that, as we like to say, imagining the Miami of 2040, when the child today will be ready to enter the workforce and helping our community build it. As you think about city in a garden, um, the what do you imagine the Miami of 2040 looking like? Miami of 2040 is going to be beautiful. You know, you're going to be able to step outside and recognize you see Miami. You don't have to drive to see Miami. Mm. You don't have to drive uh, to downtown to see Miami. You don't have to drive to the beach to see Miami. You're going to see Miami for yourself. You're going to be part of that Miami experience. I have a theory that someone at some point is going to do a second version of Freakonomics mm. and they're going to um, see something unusual in South Florida and they're going to see this huge green push. These All these bioliterate individuals stemming from Miami, from South Florida specifically, and it's going to be because of Fairchild, because that's the transformation that's happened intellectually, you know, socially for all of the individuals who already work for Fairchild in terms of volunteering, et cetera, um, and all of our members and all of the students. And all of those individuals are the ones who are pushing Fairchild. Like, let's go. We want this Miami. So the Miami of 2040 will be Eden-esque. Nanette Zapata, thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thank you.